Hi, I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Casey Cantrell. And this is Animation and Beyond. Today we are talking about... Dumbo. The Specifically the live action remake of Dumbo. Yeah. Right. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about the original, as well as the larger trend of live action remakes and, of animation. And, and other films that Tim Burton did. That's what we have to look forward to. But before we get started on that, we have to give the answer for last episode's trivia question. What were Buzz Lightyear's original names? Originally, his original names were Hempus from Mars and then Lunar Larry. But they later changed it to Buzz Lightyear because it sounds more original. Right. Or an early version of Woody, who was going to be a ventriloquist dummy, which I thought was a little creepy. Mm-hmm. And Buzz at the time, whose name was Hempus from Mars, looked a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. And then their voices were different, too. They haven't hired Tom Hanks or Tim Allen to voice the characters yet. Yeah, that's the one thing that struck me. Like, Woody, and I'm going to play the audio clip right now. Hi, pal. What you doing? I'm Hempus from Mars. Yeah, what's his butt? See, you weren't thinking of flying, were you? Well. You know, Andy loves toys that can fly. Really? Well, then, to infinity and beyond. Woody sounds really creepy (laughs) to me. And so it's very interesting just to see how much changed between that early episode or that early test and what we finally saw when Toy Story was released. And how really different it was going to be than what we know today. So yeah, that's the answer to the trivia question. We will have another trivia question for you at the end of the episode, so stick around. And um, But before we get started on the rest of our episode, the news. Two days ago, Apple announced four new services a TV and video movie streaming service called Apple News, Apple TV Plus, and they also announced a premium news service called Apple News Plus, and Apple Card, a digital payment service, Apple's own digital credit card, and Apple Arcade, Apple's new gaming streaming service. Right, yes, yeah, so lots of tech news this week. Google also announced Stadia, uh, which is their live streaming video game service, which looks interesting. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that gets developed. But yeah, a lot of interesting news out of the tech world. Also, Rovio announced that the latest Angry Birds game during that conference, that an AR game called Angry Birds AR Isle of Pigs is coming to iOS this spring. Mm-hmm. And Angry Birds VR Isle of Pigs this week came to PlayStation VR. Could you explain the diff- what AR and VR mean and what are the differences? AR is like seeing things 360 degrees. Augmented reality is scanning. Yeah, so AR is, it's kind of, I guess the best example is Pokemon Go, where you point your phone at something and you can yeah. see... In that, in the case of that game, you could see the Pokemon just hanging about in the real world. So augmented reality, yeah. virtual reality, on the other hand, could you explain? Is like is? seeing things three sixty degrees, right through through a headset or yeah, something. Yeah. In more news, the first trailer for the live action Dora the Explorer movie, Dora and the Lost City of Gold was released this last weekend during the Kids' Choice Awards. Right. Well, today, Ezra, um, there was another trailer released. Angry Birds Movie 2, too, for the sequel to the Angry Birds movie that came out a few years ago. Right. And and you've seen the trailer, correct? Yep. Some of the new characters and how what the story is mm-hmm. and how it goes way beyond the world of the first, just like, like a lot of sequels do in general. Mm-hmm. Like, it won't be on Bird Island or Piggy Island as much as, really that much. Unlike its predecessor, it'll go... To new places. 
And what did we learn specifically about the pig characters? That they're teaming up with the birds, which in most of the series, they're their bird sworn enemies. Yeah, so that's definitely a big change from the last film. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays Mm -hmm. out in the new one. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Warner Brothers has announced that two exciting 2021 releases on January 15th of that year will be the Sesame Street movie that'll star Anne Hathaway. And on April 16th of that year will be the live action CGI Tom and Jerry movie. Okay. One last bit of news. Last week you saw Wonder Park for the first time. What were your impressions of the movie? Loved it. It was fun, thrilling, exciting, cool. Nice. Yeah, so I saw that that film has been receiving so far mixed responses from critics, but you loved it. Yeah, in my opinion, it got positive because I loved it. Right. All right, so that's the news for this week's episode. And now, on to our feature presentation. You have something very rare. You have wonder. Come with me. Together, we can soar on that elephant's wings. You're a miracle elephant, Dumbo. Okay, Big D, this is it. Just like in rehearsal. Except for lights, music, fire, and crowds. You can do it. Fly, Dumbo. Fly. As we mentioned, we are talking about Dumbo, the live action remake. But before we get into that and into what do we expect to see in that film, a listener of ours actually asked us if we could define the terms of remake, reboot, and sequels and prequels. These terms that get thrown around a lot when these movies come out and are sometimes used interchangeably, but they actually mean different things. So Ezra, could you tell us what are the differences between remakes and reboots to start? A with? remake is like like a new version of this of something that has been made before and has practically the same story. Right. A reboot is like a fault, like a new version of something, but it's like a remake, but not quite because the story is kind of different. Right. Uh, could you give us an example of a remake? Yeah. Twenty fourteen, there was Sony released a remake of Annie. Mm-hmm. And that Annie, the orphan girl, was African American, unlike mm-hmm. the old one with that whichever she had red hair. Right. And this one, it was practically the same story as the original. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that's that's a key point to make is that with remakes, you know, the surface level details might be different, but at its heart, the story is more or less the same. Um, and that's what we saw with Annie versus a reboot. An example of that. Like a reboot, for instance, the 2016 movie of Ghostbusters, which had female cast, was a reboot of the other two other two films, those old ones. That and that's what you're seeing a lot with these days with reboots is that it's taking these properties and doing something really fundamentally changing about the cast or the story or or something. So obviously yeah. with the reboot Ghostbusters, it was a yeah. an all-female team. But not just that, the story was was different as well. So even though it borrows elements from the original film, a lot has actually changed. So in that sense, it's a reboot. 
And then finally, there are sequels and prequels. Like a sequel is the follow-up to something, obviously. Mm-hmm. There's also something called a, a standalone sequel. Like mm-hmm. a sequel, a follow-up to something, but it's not followed from the previous film because it's the story's different. Right. It doesn't have most of the same characters. Right. What, what, it, what an example of that be? Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, mm-hmm. which is getting a sequel this year, is, the, is a standalone sequel to the 1995 film Jumanji, which mm-hmm. starred the late Robin Williams. Right. And this one was about a video game instead of a board game. And Yeah. And prequels, obviously, are movies that story-wise come before. For instance, um, there are the three Star Wars prequels, right. and there's also the Hobbit trilogy, which is prequel to Lord of the Rings, and there's mm-hmm. also Monsters University, the prequel to Monsters, Inc. Exactly. And I think oftentimes, and, and the Star Wars is a good example of that, Ezra, where I think sometimes it looks like a reboot, especially this new uh, Star Wars trilogy. It's actually, it's being called the sequel trilogy, which I don't care for that name for it, but that's what it's being called. And so yeah, it's not like, actually a reboot. It's, it is a sequel. It's still within the same direct universe. Direct yeah. to the original classic trilogy. Exactly. To the original tri- trilogy, which was the first trilogy. Um, and then there was the prequel trilogy, now the sequel trilogy. And so it's all very yeah, confusing like, in, the, like in terms of the sequels, timeline. Which means they're followed from the old ones. Right. Yeah. So that's the difference. And so Dumbo, as far as we know, I think is solidly a remake. Yeah. Right. Um, it stars Danny DeVito, Michael Keaton, Colin Farrell, and Eva Green. Mm-hmm. And, and who's directing the new one? Tim Burton, who's known for doing dark, scary films like Beetlejuice, um, Edward Scissorhands, Batman, Alice in Wonderland, mm-hmm. Big Fish... And producer of films like Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's known for these films that kind of have a dark edge to them. On the surface, they might look kind of quaint and almost reminiscent of these sort of silly, very wholesome cartoons. But one he directed, which wasn't actually scary or dark, was Pee-wee's Big Adventure, a slapstick mm-hmm. comedy film for which, he, although he directed it, it wasn't scary, but really silly and funny. Right, right. So yeah, he's he is capable of, of doing sort of more something more straightforward, but generally his films have that kind of dark edge to them. So it'll be interesting. How do you think, uh, which version do you think we'll be getting with Dumbo? Will we, do you think we'll see any of that dark edge that he brings to? Yeah, probably like the new version of the Pink Elephants on Parade. Right. Actually, so yeah, let's, let's talk about the original film because that's, that's a scene in particular that I think it'll be interesting to see how Tim Byrne recreates it if he gives it the same sort of hallucinatory mm-hmm. imagery or if he takes it down a notch. Mm-hmm. And knowing Tim Byrne, I think he's he's going to raise the bar even more. So let's let's talk about the original movie a little bit before we dive into the new one. Could you just tell us a little bit about... Like it started came out originally on October 24th of mm-hmm. 1941. Mm-hmm. October 23rd, actually, of 1941. And it's based on a, a story by, by Helen Aberson and Harold Pearl. It's an interesting story behind that story itself because the original Dumbo quote-unquote book was actually created to show off this prototype device called a roller book, which operates kind of like those old-fashioned panoramas where you you spin them around and you see the horse galloping. It was like that, but with a book, so you could like rotate it through apparently and sort of see the story being told as you rotate it through. Like 360, but 
what with, with way different technology decades ago. Exactly. So I guess somebody saw that on this prototype device. They liked the idea, and so they brought it to Walt Disney's attention, and he loved yeah. the idea of the story, yeah. and they turned it into an animated yeah, feature. It, and when it was initially released, the film, though, was also financially successful, besides critically successful, the first since Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which is previous two features... Pinocchio and Fantasia initially on release though they weren't financially successful till they were re-released in later years right and that's actually an interesting point because when Dumbo was released um Disney it's it's funny to say now but Disney was in financial dire straits where they needed something to succeed because uh, these previous two films they were struggling a little bit and so they needed something to succeed before doing more successful films later like Bambi, Cinderella, Peter Pan, right. Alice in Wonderland, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, and others. Right. So yeah, so Dumbo really helped bring Disney out of the hole back in the and day. And that also led to World War II, where Walt was on a hiatus from making full feature films, and he did compilation anthology films. It came in a very interesting time, I think, for Disney. Dumbo, while while it's perhaps not as famous as other um, Disney classics, it certainly at the time was was a big reason why Disney was able to that Disney the company uh, was able to continue and thrive as a studio. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were the crows. I remember those funny crows. And there was an, an evil and greedy ringmaster. Mm-hmm. And there was also those elephants and clowns that at first teased Dumbo because of his big ears, but later they were nice. Right. And Dumbo's mother. And there was also those scary pink elephants on parade. Right. Yeah. So just to go a little bit into the story itself, what happened in the original Dumbo. So... They, but he got separated from his mother, but he, then he needs a helpful and friendly mouse named Timothy who, who wants to help that sad elephant. Right. And then they meet some funny and helpful crows right yeah and it and it's interesting because it uh re-watching it myself this time it's fascinating because so much of the film is him being bullied by whether it's by other elephants by boys and actually there's that scene where his mom comes in to protect him from the boys that are making fun of him you know so and that's the reason so she reacts gets angry and and, and then that's, that's what starts the main problem the main pretty sad thing of the movie Right, because Dumbo's all alone and doesn't have anyone to defend him. But then comes a helpful and friendly mouse named Timothy. Right, and so they Timothy comes in and sort of takes on this mentor role. And, and we see how Dumbo. really mean and greedy and evil the ringmaster is. Right, and so then you've already mentioned it, but we get the, the dance of the pink elephants. That pretty, that pretty scary scene where Dumbo has a nightmare, which with those scary elephant monsters. Right. And fun fact, that was the inspiration for the Heffalumps and Woozle sequence from another Disney animated feature called Winnie the Pooh and the originally in the segment Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day, later a segment of The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, so clearly that scene um, has survived. And I do think a lot of people, that's that's what they remember most because it's it's unlike any other scene in that movie of these dancing pink elephants. They're, it's very weird and yeah. strange. I liked it as a kid, actually, myself. I, I did, though. I liked it as a kid, too. I, did, I found it a little scary, though. Right, right. But it's interesting that it inspired a song, a sequence from Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh years later. Right. And how very similar it was, and how right. similar the Heffalumps and Woozles are to the pink elephants. Right. What made me laugh about watching that scene this time around is noticing, you know, the, I totally missed this as a kid, but noticing that, like, the reason they have this, this strange dream or hallucination 
situation is because they accidentally get drunk from a bottle of champagne, mm. which is like, yeah, that's what happens when you get drunk. So it's called pink elephants. Not all of them were pink. Some are other colors. Right. You you have this very strange scene that that kind of just comes out of nowhere and it goes nowhere. It's, it's like just deja vu. It's just it's like deja vu. What do you mean? Like it just weirdly happens. I su- yeah, I suppose that's true. There's no necessarily any explanation for why it happens. It just happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, then there is the those funny, friendly crows mm-hmm. who sing when I see an elephant fly because they think it's a ridiculous thing that they've seen like a house fly, right. a dragon fly, but they think that they will have seen everything when they see an elephant that flies. Yeah, for sure. And it is very interesting because, well, first of all, this is something you mentioned to me. This is a, it's actually a really short film. It's only 64 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, really short. And there's also the first character voiced by recurring classic Disney voice Sterling Holloway. Right. Who voiced Mr. Stork in the film, who went on to voice later characters like Flower the Skunk, the Cheshire Cat, Caw the Snake, Winnie the Pooh, the narrator in the Cold-Blooded Penguin and Three Caballeros, Peter and the Wolf and Make My Music, and some others. He also was the original like demo-recorded voice for Sleepy Dwarf in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs before it was given to someone else. It's very interesting that... That Sterling Holloway had become a recurring Disney voice. Right. Voicing many characters. Just building on that legacy, right, of how this movie, it's kind of overshadowed by a lot of different classics, but without it, you know, whether it's the voice actors that that worked on this film to the just the fact that the studio was able to financially thrive and, and continue making films... For all these reasons, you know, Dumbo has a big place. And also at many of the Disney parks, there's Dumbo the Flying Elephant Ride. Right. And yeah, it's interesting that that, um, Dumbo, that obviously everybody knows that Dumbo is a flying elephant. And in the early 2000s, they did have a plan of a direct-to-video sequel to Dumbo from Disney Toon Studios. But that and some other films were later scrapped when John Lasseter took over as the head of Disney Animation and Disney to- and the now discontinued Disney Toon Studios when Disney bought Pixar. Right. Also, to, to focus more on theatrical films and direct-to-video films. Right. Just come back to the film. So the film ends with this triumphant moment of Dumbo. And it has a happy ending and how he succeeds in flying and he, and it's, and it, he takes the world by storm. Right. And it's interesting because everybody knows Dumbo's this character who flies. And then they're all nice but... to him at the end and he's back with his mother and, he, and how he's happy, how he's made good friends. Right. But it's interesting. What's interesting to me, Ezra, is how we don't actually see Dumbo fly until like much later into the film like which he proves that he can fly like he first needs his feather to but then he shows when he actually flies he doesn't need his feather anymore right it's interesting that again it's just one of those things that everybody it's almost ubiquitous now but we don't actually see that in the film happening until much later in the film and so yeah so it ends with this triumphant moment of him being able to fly in the circus yeah and And how he becomes a star Right, and and he and his mom are reunited. And how he's famous and had it has a really happy ending. Yeah, so that's the original film. And this is actually a fun fact, just to see how much has changed. Back when it was made, it was made for a little bit less than a million dollars, and it had a box office of $1.6 And, you know, back in the day, getting a return of about $700,000 was considered a success. Um, well, the first since Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Right. So I'm, but just in terms of the numbers, like a lot has changed since then. If 
nowadays, you know, movies at the box office are making hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars. But it was so different then back in like the 1940s. Right, exactly. So being able to say, hey, my movie made $1.6 million back then, that's like, wow, that's amazing. Nowadays, that's chump change. Well, and then later releases of Dumbo, like a lot of old other older classic films, they later had different aspect ratios and like were modified and, uh-huh. and restored in later re-releases. And like the sound system and the and the restoration and gets how it gets digitally remastered. Right. So yeah, the movie has changed a lot since it first came out, even just the original film, uh, which I think leads to the next topic to discuss this the remake this trend. Yeah, the remake. More uh, more generally, the trend of, of remakes turning animated films into live action. Into- which that Disney's been doing that. Like, in the 90s, some of their first they did were, were remakes of The Jungle Book and then 101 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. And they did it successfully with Alice in Wonderland and, like, Maleficent. Mm-hmm. A Sleeping Beauty remake focused on Maleficent, which is getting a sequel. And Alice in Wonderland did a few years ago. Right. And they also did with Cinderella and, again, The Jungle Book. Right. Pete's Dragon. They did it with Beauty and the Beast. And this past year, they did a remake even for Winnie the Pooh and a and this year after Dumbo will there will be a remake of Aladdin and then the Lion King right so definitely there have been some examples and interesting that you pointed out that and there are going to be more in the future yeah that Alice in Wonderland was one of them because Tim Burton also worked on those films yep yep this is his second or I guess third round of making a live action remake of a classic animated film Uh, yeah he also like there are some in the future they're going to be released or they're developing are Mulan, Lady and the Tramp, Mistress of Evil out in October. Mm-hmm. And they're also doing remakes of like Sword in the Stone, Pinocchio, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and one called Rose Red, which is based on a fairy tale, which is unrelated to that other one called right. Snow White and Rose Red. And even remakes of Lilo and Stitch, The Little Mermaid, and even The Hunchback of Notre Dame, as well as Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. We just have this this big trend of remaking these movies. And like these classics of Disney, like of the Disney family of animated classics. In your opinion, why do you think they are doing them as live action remakes rather than animated remakes? Because the newer technology. Could you expand? Like some it? of them, like a lot of most of them, all of them actually have 3D animated visuals. Like the animals that appear in many of those films are computer generated. So you have the the creatures are are computer animated. So why not make the whole thing computer animated? It's maybe it's not animation studios can't afford to do such a thing. Just the live action ones could because of the budget. Yeah, that'd be interesting to look at the budget and see how much that plays. They can't. They, everything costs money to produce and make. Right. I also wonder if it's a matter of being able to differentiate the films because all these films are, are the animated films are, are considered classics. Everyone knows about Aladdin. Everyone knows about Dumbo and all these films. If you were to make remake these films as animated features, I think they might get lost because why why would you remake Dumbo? Why would you remake Aladdin when we have this perfectly amazing original film? Yeah, yeah. Films? But I like it when they do that. I think it's cool when they make new versions of them. Sure, but I do think that the live action side of it allows them to set themselves apart and be like, this is a new experience. Well, they're just they're just new versions of them. Right. And they also have differences. Like, in this new Dumbo movie, 
there will be some main human characters in the film, mm-hmm. which the original film didn't have that many human characters. Right. But this one has some primary human characters, like there's Colin Farrell, and he has who whose character he plays, and he has two children, a son and a daughter. Mm-hmm. And there's Eva Green, who's a performer in the film, and Danny DeVito, the ringmaster, and Michael Keaton plays an evil and greedy businessman. Right. And I and I think that's interesting because if you when you do live action, obviously you have live actors, and I think that allows them to sort of bring a different personality, both literally and metaphorically, a different kind of humanity to these roles. Because now you're actually seeing people, and so you're in some ways humanizing the story a little bit more. So I think that's interesting um, the differences that you mentioned and to see how they play out. Yeah. It'll also be interesting to see how Tim Burns sort of signature style. How it's kind of dark and quirky, which is kind of unusual yet really interesting. Right. How it plays out in this film. And this is the first Disney film with Danny DeVito in since 1997's Hercules. And Michael Keaton and Danny DeVito were in a movie together directed by Tim Burton, Mm -hmm. Batman. And he's in he's they're in another Tim Burton movie now. There is kind of this reunion of these characters in from Batman Returns, which came out in... 1990-something? I think 1992, I want to say. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, and uh, how that Batman movie was pretty dark and scary. It'll be interesting to see if there is any any scary elements in this film as well, just, just given the background of the director and the actors. Yeah. And sort of see how it plays out. Ezra, what do you expect to happen in the film? Mm, To see interesting computer-generated but realistic-looking animals, Mm -hmm. besides the elephants, but a lot of other circus animals. Right. And how it'll show the story and what it'll be like. And Arcade Fires has already released their new version of Baby Mine from the original movie. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to hear the new version of the song from the original classic. Mm -hmm. It'll be also, I hear, a bit like Greatest Showman, the musical film Mm -hmm. that's about P.T. Barnum that starred Hugh Jackman. It'll be kind of similar, but I don't think it'll be a musical. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a musical either. So it'll be interesting to see what the kind of more human elements and bringing it to live action, just sort of see how that differentiates it and how it makes the story different or the experience different. Because as you said, we're getting a lot more of these live action remakes. They've been very successful so far, so they're not going to stop anytime soon. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out and also, just a just a fun fact: um, the running time for the new Dumbo is at 112 minutes, which so is, it's just one hour 52 minutes, right? Which is nearly twice the running time of the original. Yeah, which is very short for a feature film compared to this, which is nearly two hours. Right, exactly. So that, in and of itself, is a big difference. So we'll see what they do with a lot more time. Okay, so I think that concludes our episode about Dumbo for today. We hope you learned something interesting about the original film and that we got you excited to see the new one coming out this Friday. We'll be seeing it and we'll be talking about it when we do. Alright, so for our next episode, we are going to be talking about what, Ezra? Missing Link. Yes, the new stop animation film from Leica Studio. Stop motion animated. Stop, yes, stop motion animated. What other films has Leica Studio made? They've produced four others. Coraline, Paranorman, Box Trolls, and Kubo and the Two Strings. Right, so a lot of these well-known stop motion animated features. So we're going to be talking about that history as well as looking ahead to Missing Link. 
But before we finish up the episode, I think it's time for a trivia question. All right, so Ezra, what is our trivia question for this episode? On Sesame Street, we all know Oscar the Grouch is green, but do you know what color he was going to be originally and what color he was in his first appearance? Great question. So yeah, again, like the last trivia question, there are actually two answers to this. So if you know the answer, give us a shout out on either our email or on our Facebook page. And yeah, let us know if you know the answer. Animation Beyond is written and produced by Ezra Fieldsmeyer and Casey Cantrell with music by Noam Fieldsmeyer. We'd like to give a big thanks to the family and friends who have supported this podcast. Got a comment, question, or recommendation for future episodes? Let us know by leaving us a comment on our Facebook page or send us an email at animationbeyond at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation Beyond. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.